0: What's happening, people? We are locked in once again with Real Talk, and it's myself, MP. And we are now on to episode eight. And for today's episode, I've decided to touch on homelessness and poverty in the UK. And the reason why I've decided to touch on this is because I generally feel like it's not something that's spoke about often, people tend to shy away from it, and um, I think it's partly due to the fact that because In general the UK is not really seen as a third world country and when you think about homeless people and you think about poverty and stuff you don't really necessarily think about the place that we live ourselves and um, it's quite amazing because through my own research I found some stats which sort of like shocked me in general. Um, I put a little questionnaire out on my Instagram I'm sure for those of you who follow me on Instagram Um, you might have seen it and the question was how many people do you think are homeless in the UK and the answer that sort of um, I found through my research as of December 2019 was 320,000 people and I think that's a bit mad like 320,000 people are without a roof over their head you know um, they're living out on the streets or in some sort of uh, homeless hostel they're sleeping rough temporary accommodation that type of stuff Um, just to break down the stats a little bit more through my own findings once again you know this is nothing that's um solid in any sense of the word i'm sure if you guys um decide to go out and do your own research um stats are always changing so you might find something different but again so at the end of 2019 um 18,000 people were living in temporary accommodation and that's kind of mad if you think about it like out of the 320,000 18,000 of them are in temporary accommodation four and a half thousand are sleeping rough and fifteen thousand who are living in a homeless hostel of the sorts and um i was actually speaking to um someone who i'm gonna try and get onto the show and um they were actually informing me of these types of hostels and sort of like temporary accommodations and it is nuts how these places work like we don't know much about it you know me personally i speak for myself because obviously i've never been in that position and I think for many of the listeners we've not been in a position to actually know how the system works and from my understanding it's just like crazy I mean we're talking in terms of if you can't make a certain payment towards the people who are providing this accommodation you're not allowed to eat and you will watch these people throw away perfectly good food but they won't give it to you because they've not given you the money and this is what you know the homeless people and the people who are sleeping rough have to deal with so, what I've decided to do for this episode is um, actually hit the streets okay. of Leicester and try and find a few homeless people to speak to and just get a bit of an insight as to what it's like living out on the streets and, you know, what their stories are. And, um, one of the questions that I asked, again, on my Instagram was, if you could ask a homeless person anything, what would it be? And, as you can imagine, I took those questions and I actually put it out to the homeless people, and um, yeah, I mean, that. honestly speaking, some of the um, responses I've got from the interviews that I've done were nuts. I mean, I, I'll be completely honest with you, um, i only done two interviews and didn't get a chance to speak to as many people as I would have liked, but I think just speaking to the two people that I did go and have this conversation with, it's unbelievable how quickly your life can turn around and you could end up in that position. I think if I'm not mistaken, the saying goes, you're only three paychecks away from being homeless. And it's mad because like we, we don't think about this on a day-to-day basis. Do you know what I mean? We wake up, we brush our teeth, we jump out of bed. Well, if we jump out of bed first. You can't brush your teeth while it's you sleeping i I was trying to say. But we jump out of bed. You go to the bathroom, you brush your teeth, you put on your clothes, you shower up, blah, blah, blah. You go to work. And then you just get on with your day. Do you know what I mean? You come back. You've got food on the table. You've got clothes on your back. You've got a roof over your head. And it's it's mad because it's like no one really thinks and stops to think about what if my life was to change at this very moment? What if everything, what if shit just fell apart for me? And when I went to speak to these people, some of their stories and honestly speaking, I don't know if it's going to come across like this over you know, the podcast, but when I was speaking to them in person, it hits you so hard because it's like you can see the pain in their eyes and you can tell that these are genuine people and it's like, you know, the common misconception is that homeless people are only there because of like drugs and drink and blah blah and yeah, that plays a part in it, but there's a lot of personal stuff behind it which I've come to find through chatting to these people and, you know, it was a bit mad because one of the uh, people i spoke to i'm sure you're gonna listen to it shortly um he actually went to uni he held down a crazy job and all of a sudden his life just flipped because of like family problems and it, it honestly speaking it's mad it's mad and you know the one of the other fellas that i spoke to he mentioned um a lot of the stereotypes that homeless people get where you know they they, they don't necessarily ask for money, but people don't give them money because their common understanding is that, nah, no, these guys are just going to use it for drugs and drink. But you can tell that this guy was genuine because it's like, you know, when when we went out and spoke to him, he just wanted food. He just wanted to eat, man. And all he said was like, yeah, I've not eaten today. I've not eaten. And, yo, my honestly speaking, it was it's mad. It's mad. And just to put a little disclaimer out there for the listeners and... Um, I hope you guys understand this, right? None of this, what I'm doing is for clout. Yeah. None of this, you know, going out and speaking to the homeless and everything is for clout. And I'm not one of them guys who will use homeless people to my advantage, to get more listeners, to get more people following me and all of that stuff. It ain't that, you know, the whole purpose of this podcast is real talk. It's in the name. And I just wanted to get a better understanding for myself, but also for my listeners to actually understand that, Poverty exists within our own country. It's right there under our eyes and we're not open up to it. Do you know what I mean? We're not looking beyond the surface and we're not actually trying to understand. How many times have you walked past someone on the street and just turned the blind out or just not even realised that they're there because you're so used to it? And this is the ta- kind of thing that I'm trying to get at. And honestly speaking, it's that. Like, i hope my listeners i hope everyone tuning in right now understands that i'm not doing this for my own personal game it's more so just to get an understanding and sort of appreciate the finer things that we have you know the people that who actually have a roof over their head and um you know have clothes on their back and food on their table and how how quickly these things can change it's mad so i hope you guys enjoy this episode and um, i'm just going to leave it there and yeah we'll we'll get off with the interviews and honestly speaking I, I genuinely hope that um you for listeners I hope that you actually get to see a different side of life something that you might not have done yourself something that you might have only heard of others doing but these are genuine homeless people on the streets of Leicester that I went to speak to and yeah this is what they had to say What's happening, people? You're locked into real talk with myself, MP, and I've hit the streets of Leicester today, and um, I'm just down on Granby Street, and I've bumped into a brother who um, I've had a very quick conversation with, and he is actually homeless. Um, he's requested to stay anonymous, so I'm not going to be mentioning his name at all. But um, the reason why I've come out on the streets today is to actually ask some of the questions that you listeners have actually posed out to, you know, to the homeless people and to the people who are sleeping rough. So, my friend. The first question that we have here is: um, Does anyone know you're here, such as your friends and your family?
1: No. Yeah, yeah. Well, some of my family does, but they're in Africa. The Obvious. family that know that I'm here, they're in Africa on the phone. They know I'm in Leicester. Right. I'm homeless But apart from that, no. But maybe the council yeah. and the, home, the Irish people, they know, they know I'm homeless, so they're working and they and help me. Yeah. Apart from that, not many people really know about it.
0: So do you have any family here in Leicester at all? No. No, no, no family? No, no family. Okay. So another, another person must have asked is that um, what happened that you have ended up in this situation?
1: Circumstance, my brother, I could, uh, I'm originally from Nottingham, so okay. I moved here. But would they, they, they put me in a hotel for a few weeks and the contract must have finished and they're waiting for another place for me. So I'm just filling the gap, basically, for now. Yeah, right. But to be honest, I've been homeless a couple of years now. It's just a lifestyle, really. Sometimes drugs, sometimes bad choice. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes yeah. just circumstance, really. So, so
0: you mentioned sort of like drugs and bad decisions. Is that something that you've been through yourself? I've been
1: through myself, yeah. I yeah. mean, I'm not so much only normal. That's good, but I've been through it, and it has caused me some problem before. It has put me in the wrong direction. I probably, if I didn't take that much drug before, I probably wouldn't be here today. Right. To say. But it's not the only reason really. there's no just blame it on that. Sure. It is sometimes just life circumstances. That you lose job, you lose girlfriends, you lose partners and you end up in the street. Did, did you ever work? Did you ever have oh, a job? Yeah, yeah, I have a plenty of job. I've been to uni, I've been married, I've got kids. Really? Yeah, I had a good laugh, man. Okay. <laughs> had a good laugh, okay. Alright, yeah. so you went you went uni as all? Well? I've been in uni, I've been in college uni. Oh, wicked, wicked.
0: And uh, if you don't mind me asking... I've been married, I've raised children. Right, okay. And if you don't mind me asking, what types of places did you
1: go and work? What kind of work I've done? Yeah. I've worked for Optical Vision Express. Oh, no way, okay. Yeah, i worked for Boots. Right. I've done a delivery driving job, I've done clean license, I've done a job around run a lot.
0: So, just, just off the back of that, obviously, it seems like you've worked in quite a lot of sort yeah, of uh, main, mainstream high street places. Um, no,
1: no, I work in lab, lab and factories. The Vision Express job I'm talking about is a lab laboratory job. Okay. We supply the we supply the stores. So we make the lenses and send it to the stores. Sure. So I've been working in the store itself. Mm. I work in the factories and laboratory Like boots the same thing. Right. There's a big boot in Nottingham. Yeah, yeah. Where they make the creams. And they make the cream from there and they send it to the stores. Yeah. And I've worked there. I've no work in in, in stores like sales, representative or nothing like that. Right. It's warehousing job, a factory job I'm talking about. Sure. So,
0: ju- just for my listeners, in case you couldn't hear that properly because of the background noise, um, this brother here has actually worked in like laboratories where they've, you know, developed and manufactured opticals and that type of and work, cream, and, 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 and creams, and you know, all these medical supplies. Yeah. Um, so, if you don't mind me asking, and this might be a little bit personal, you don't have to answer it if you don't want to. But at what point did things start to go downhill? Like, what happened that you? you know I me, mean?
1: really. Family breakdown. For like, we got. We was married for one, for for few, for, for like ten years. Right. Just for of like my missus, he got depressed. Start sniffing a bit of coke, taking a bit of drugs, and it start going down from here. You he guys, it start going, it start going downhill from there. Right. Okay. Just become emotionally unstable, it and then just start making the wrong choices and all that kind of thing. Sure.
0: So, if if I could ask you, what would you do differently if you had a chance?
1: I don't know, you know, it's 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 a bit hard. I'm not crying about it too much. It's not like I I would have changed a lot. I would have done things differently. I would have I don't know. I would have been more calmer, more patient.
0: Okay.
1: Something like
0: that, yeah. Right. I see. I see. <laughs> um, so just a little bit of advice that a few of my listeners have given to towards people who are in your circumstances. Sorry, I'm just going to stand up because yeah. my, my legs yeah, getting yeah. a little bit numb here. <laughs> um, so one person said that there is light at the end of the tunnel. Keep fighting. How, how do you feel about that comment?
1: Yeah, it's true, it's true. Yeah. I know, and I've been up and down, I can tell you it's
0: true.
1: Yeah. There's always light at the end of the tunnel, so never give up.
0: Yeah, that's it, man. Just gotta keep your spirits high, yes. innit? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And our faith,
1: if you're religious,
0: yeah.
1: one yeah. thing get tough, get close to your religion, to your faith, innit? Yeah,
0: thank God, man, yeah. of
2: course, Yeah, thanks man.
1: God and pray to God. Don't forget that kind of thing. It could, it could give you big relief.
0: Yeah, definitely, man. Very spiritual and obviously <laughs> uh, a lot of my listeners know that, m- me
1: myself, yeah, obviously... I do forget that thing. When people regret yeah. it, it gives you a big relief. When things get tough, turn to God, man.
0: Yeah, that's it. <laughs> definitely. I think a lot of people do feel like that and they find that relief in that position. Um, <clears throat> so someone else has mentioned that um, you are not forgotten about and people do still care about you. Do, do you feel like, you know, obviously um, you mentioned that you've not got any family here as such And your family is in Africa But do you feel like people, you know, passing by still stop to speak to you To You know, like people show that love and affection
1: You did, yeah Yeah, yeah. people do No, Not as much as I like to Look at you sure. You stop buying some food, have a conversation with me yeah, yeah. People do care sometimes
0: yeah.
1: But we could have more care Some people don't really care, to be honest But um, it's balanced enough
0: Okay, and um, just a just last sort of bit of advice that someone gave, and this is a little bit of a long one, so do, do bear with me. So what they said is, don't give up on life. Um, don't accept your circumstances, because it may feel like you've come to an end, and this may be the end of the road. But this is not your situation, and you won't be here, and there is a way out. And the first step is that you have to want to improve yourself and your circumstances. You can't help someone that doesn't want to help themselves. You're the only one that's holding you back, and there's so much help out there. There's organisations that exist purely to help people like you. So I mean, obviously, do do you know about these organisations?
1: Well, yeah, I know about some charities, not in Leicester particularly. Okay, so <clears throat> I can. Not Leicester particularly, I, but yeah, and I know, I know, I know there's charities around. Once you reach out, they should be able to help you. Sure. But because I'm I'm not been in Leicester for too long, I'm still struggling to find some of them.
0: Okay, so I I can tell you that um, I've actually worked with one of these uh, charities through my workplace. Excuse me. And um, this place is called Help the Homeless. And they're based here in Leicester. And um, I'm not sure what the situation is at the moment with the whole COVID-19, you know, situation. Mm -hmm. But every Thursday, they actually run a food bank down in the market um, in the evenings where you can go pick up food. You know, people like yourselves, people who are sleeping rough. Um, it's free food sandwiches you can pick up clothes and blankets and you know all types of stuff and um, obviously you've got the Salvation Army who who do um, food for your you know people like yourselves as well so there is support out here in Leicester and believe me it's that if you go looking you will find it I promise you Um, and obviously I I can see you've got a little phone here so I can pass you on a number and um, we can get you in touch with these charities and you know hopefully get yourself back on your feet.
1: That, that's a good thing, I'll be happy. I'll be happy. I need some help. As you can send it some help, definitely. Okay. So anybody offer me help, I'll take it, no doubt. Right. So last
0: question for you is what message would you like to send to my listeners, to the world? Keep listening to
1: my man, you know? <laughs> <Keep listening, laughs> really respect my brother. You know? keep joining in and hear what it is, man. <laughs> yeah. And be positive with them, man. Thank life you very is, much. That is good. Don't give <laughs> up on it.
0: Thank you very much, my brother. Thank okay. you for your time. It's very Bless much appreciated. You, yeah, respect for that. <coughs> Right, so we're going to wrap it up with this one and um, it's been interesting to say the least. Um, keep it locked, I'm I'm hoping that I can find someone else out here to uh, speak to and get another insight from a different perspective. Um, yeah, stay blessed as, as my brother said here, stay blessed people. What's happening once again people? We have um, bumped into another person. And um once again they have asked to remain anonymous, so no names mentioned and um, we're just gonna be asking a few more questions, you know, similar to the last interview and um just getting get another insight into into this life and what's you know how, how we've ended up in this position. So um my friend, how you doing?
3: Hi. Um I'd say um, I ended up in this position.
0: Um sorry if I could ask you just to up just a little bit. <coughs> yes,
3: yeah, sorry. If uh, yes, I, I, I've ended up in this position. Well, I'm in this position um, at the moment. I'm on the streets of Leicester Street, homeless, and I have been for the last two years. Um, in between that, I've done short spells in prison, um,
0: mine crimes. Um, if you don't mind me asking, how did you know? you end up in prison, how did that come about? Uh, That was
3: for um, fighting with neighbours and drunken fighting, um, but that was a couple of years ago, about a year ago I stopped drinking. Right, that's good to hear, that's good to know. Um, Nowadays I'm just closing the smoke, um, cannabis and that's pretty much it, don't drink at all. Okay. Um, For about a year now.
0: That's, yeah, good that, that's really good, man. I'm really, good, man. I'm, I'm really yeah. pleased to hear that. And, it takes
3: a lot and, out of you to do Yeah, you know? and, and um, uh, just over a year ago, I was drinking probably five or six bottles of red wine a day. Wow. And it was killing me. I could feel it. So, yeah, I stopped it over a year like, ago. Yeah, yeah. cool.
0: Okay. Um Okay. So, my listeners, the people who listen to this podcast, have... Um, actually poses a couple of questions i asked a question i asked a question to them saying that if you could ask a homeless person anything what would it be so um the first question i've got here for you is um people tend to stereotype the homeless quite often in a sense that if i give them money they will spend it on drugs and drink and me personally i feel that that's quite wrong at times you know what i mean um how true is that and how does that you know, affect you? Are you offended by that sort of statement?
3: Well, there's a lot of people that let's put it this way: around town, see that um, they're not—they're not even homeless. They're, they're sitting around town, pretending to be homeless during the day, and then they are going away and, and I know a lot of them we've got accommodation and stuff and it's and I've, I feel it's just kind of that that has been ingrained in Leicester for a while because I've felt it yeah. you know um, um, which is distorted people's thoughts and, and of homelessness and how homelessness p- people look and behave and, uh, and it's terrible so do, do you feel like
0: these people and,
3: and a lot of people um, are taking Drugs and class A drugs and drinking a lot, and the, you know, the behavior is terrible. And I say to a couple of other people who don't take drugs that I know that are homeless, it puts us to shame. And, it's, and, and, the, and, the, and the, the irony is, those lot are not even homeless.
0: Yeah. You know. So, do you, do you feel like they're giving genuine homeless people like yourself a, that bad name, you know, and it's deterring <laughs> others? Yeah.
3: Yeah, it's a, it's a real bad thing in Leicester, yeah. yeah there's, a, there's about, uh, I would say, a handful of people who are genuinely street homeless in Leicester. And, and there's See, one thing I know. a lot in town that, uh, are pretend, uh, 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 pretending to be homeless, should we say. So I can understand people's views sort of thinking maybe, are they going to, you know, and this and that. Um, I, don't, I don't ask anyone for anything.
2: You know, i see people... Do you know why that's why we actually came over to you and offered? Because we seen you here, you were doing your own thing, and we just thought, you know, yeah. you were genuinely sleeping. I mean,
3: I mean, uh, I mean um, with myself, um, I mean, by the grace of God, I mean, I've had horrendous drug habits. But for ten years now, I've been clean of all that. And from the last year, like I say, alcohol as well. But um, well, certain tragedies in, in life happen, you know, family tragedies and stuff. Uh,
0: um, so if you don't mind and, me asking.
3: And, and, and he's had a had a knock on effect in such and such my mental health and everything else in my life's experiences. And, and yeah, here I am on
0: the streets of Leicester. If you don't mind me asking, do you have any friends, family in Leicester?
3: I have some friends that have Feels strange, really. I've only, I've been in the county for about four or five years now. I've been all around the country, um, in prison as well. I've spent probably about fifteen years of my life in prison. Oh wow! Okay. Um, yeah, years at a time. For right. doesn't it matter. Okay. Like, you know,
0: robberies and all kinds of stuff. So yeah. I've done that side sort of as well. Okay. Um, if, you, if you don't mind me asking once again, um, a question that one of my listeners has posed is, um, what would you do differently if you had a chance? In the moment,
3: I feel that like I'm on the right path. Um, because I feel, if we're talking about homelessness, yeah. Me and myself, I'm 50 years of age next year, and uh, I've done a lot in life, travelled around the, the world a bit, not too much, but a bit, <laughs> um, been married, divorced, you know, and I've worked most of my life as well, um, been in prison a lot.
0: What did you do for work? I'm a landscape gardener. Um, <laughs> For the, for those who didn't quite hear that, I used to do no, landscape gardening. You're a landscape gardening, so yeah. <laughs> no, no, it's yeah. absolutely fine. That's fine. Yeah, About, uh, most of my life, yeah. Okay. Um, so obviously it seems that like you've had a past life. um, you used to work. You mentioned that you've been married and divorced. Um, did you have any kids? Uh,
3: my daughter's twenty-four
0: now. The daughter's twenty-four. Are you still in touch with her? Yeah. Okay that's very nice to hear. I'm I'm pleased to hear that you're you're still in touch with your daughter um so I had a couple of messages from from my listeners and what I asked them is that what advice would you give to someone who is uh, sleeping rough such as yourself and um someone said that you're not forgotten about and people do still care about you and there is light at the end of the tunnel so keep fighting um I'm not sure if you're aware there is quite a lot of um charities and, you know, places that can help people as yourself out here in Leicester. Do you you know about any of them? Have you been in touch with any of them?
3: Um, There's a couple that I've been in touch with that I've had a couple of bad experiences with. Um, A lot of the time I just feel that I'm out here on my own because people who manage these agencies shouldn't be behaving like that, you know, and I'm quite a resilient guy, thankfully. But if they're dealing with me like that, then I'm I'm more thinking of a, a selfless way of... Hold up, they must be dealing with people of a lesser resilience like this, but maybe even worse. Sure. So, you know, this is kind of my concern. You know, I, I can do this. There's a lot of people that, that like I we was saying earlier, about, uh, you know, the pretense of being homeless... That can't actually do what I'm doing now, you know, and and bless the them, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um, you know, there's it's quite a, a deep ingrained sinister thing going on. I don't quite know what it is, but it's it's deep rooted in with the
0: homeless thing. It's yeah. it's not good. It's not good, guys. Yeah. Okay, now I totally understand where you're coming from. Um, just just to paraphrase and what someone else has said in terms of a little bit of advice um, they said that don't accept your circumstances um, it may feel like you've come to the end of the road and this is what your situation will be but there is a way out and the first step is you wanting to help yourself and honestly speaking from just a very short conversation that we have had I feel like you you are you know walking down the right path, you said that you've stopped doing drugs, um, you've stopped drinking and I honest to God hope that you manage to get yourself back on your feet and you know get, get yourself back out there and living life the way it should be left so to speak
3: thank you very much I, I feel that um i'm putting in the right actions a lot of things have been stopped because of recent times um you know the irregular times of covid19 and you yeah. um, know all the sanctions that we've all had um and it's felt very strange being out here homeless um oh. During that time as well.
0: The yeah. so, streets I must
3: have gone very quiet. When I, when I say about being alone at times, that felt very, very, you surreal. know, it was like, yeah, very surreal, yeah. Uh, to say the least. Um, I appreciate everyone's um, regards um, and concerns. And um, like I say, I'm, I'm quite a resilient guy, thankfully, through my experiences and practices. Um, I'll stay safe tonight, and I do have hope for the future. And I've got my daughter there as well um, I'm not a lazy person um, and yeah thanks guys
0: thank you very much for your time, for your time. I'll wish you all the very best thank you. take care my friends. thank you very much thanks, right guys we're back in the room and um, we've come back from our little trip into town and speaking to people. And I say we because um, I'm joined by Fuzo, who actually came out with me. Fuzo, what's happening, bro? Yo, what's good? Yeah, man, it was a bit of a mad one today. A little
2: bit emotional, I must say. Yeah,
0: for real, man. I found a lot of stuff just like... It just kind of hits you, man. It's like Until you don't speak to these people, you don't really know what's going on. Do you know what I mean?
2: Yeah, like um, when we give charity and things like that online and when you see homeless people in, in person, it makes a big difference because you actually... You see the pain in their eyes You know And it's
0: Yeah for real man
2: uh, I don't know Someone you were asking <laughs> if Some of the questions I just felt you know Really bad Yeah, for, yeah.
0: No I it's, it's, a diff- it's a difficult topic yeah. And it's a difficult thing To speak about Particularly when you go And speak to these people You, you know yourselves It's like yeah. You're not talking to them Through the internet Like you said You're talking to them in, Like in person And you're yeah. listening to these stories And you can see the pain In their eyes Do you know what I mean It's, yeah. it's a bit mud And um, We've also got Chandni on the show obviously you're mrs fuzo hi guys <laughs> and um, she's actually worked in this area and i say area in the sense that um you've dealt with sort of like mental health you've dealt with homeless people you've dealt with a whole bunch of stuff within that <laughs> do you know yeah. what i mean i think you're better off describing this describing this than me in it so um just for my listeners just a quick sort of overview as to your expertise in this area, because I think you've got a good understanding of where these homeless people, or you know, people on that sort of breadline, that poverty line, if you will, like where they're coming from.
4: I think I've seen a lot of it from how it affects the mental state and how it leads. You see how all the traumas in life and the circumstances have led them to being homeless, and then affecting the mental state and where it goes from there.
0: Yeah. No, no, I see, I see, 100% what you're trying to say. Um, so Flee This one's for you, man. Obviously, I know that you're quite... You're still quite emotional, man. We've been back for quite some time now. But, um... How did this one make you feel, man? See, this...
2: uh, Well, uh, the first guy in particular was... um... It was special, you know, um, when we when he actually sat down and took time yeah. out for him. Like the first thing he, you could see the smile on his face that he was quite. Yeah, it, he he almost up, felt quite lonely. Yeah. The fact that hey, yeah. okay, so forget about the food and uh, just to forget about the the essentials just to get by. But the fact that he never had anybody to speak to, that mm-hmm. he was trying to in the in his little area that he was sleeping in, he actually made space for you to sit down and yeah, do that. yeah. And you only do that, like for example, you'd invite me into your house as a friend. Yeah, and for him it was like he never had that person to speak to. So when he offered that space for you to sit down, it was like uh, it was it was almost like please, please come, please come sit, yeah. please come stay. And, um very welcoming, And, man. and I was uh, obviously because I was a step back. I seen it as an observation that he was really trying to sort of um have someone to speak to. Yeah, and that was the first thing that hit me. You know, before we we asked him any other questions about if he'd like anything to eat and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah the yeah. first thing was that he was just so open to having. Having company and... Um... Yeah.
0: And I've come to find that it's amazing how, you know, if they want to have that conversation, how welcoming they are in it. Yeah. It's like you said, he made space, you know, he was very chirpy. And he seemed like a very positive guy in general. <laughs> I mean, his, yeah, his closing yeah. statement, I think, it was something like, um just like, keep, you know, stay blessed or keep doing what you're doing or something like that anyway. And he, he was just like, yeah, just... I think he's kind of one of them people who's accepted where he's ended up and I think he's just trying to make the best of a bad situation yeah but um yeah man I think just listening to the stories that they had to tell um it, it was crazy man and you know it, it's amazing though because and I think Chandler you you um, we spoke about this before and you kind of mentioned this that a lot of these people who are in this position have, have come from a background of education and you know top tier jobs and whatnot and the first brother that we spoke to he actually went to uni he had a degree he had a wife and kids he was working in like pharmaceutical companies and developing like opticals uh, sorry opticals is that what he yeah, said vision express Yeah, Vision he Express. he was working, he, he was working like you know he was yeah. making medical creams and everything like that and um obviously in the places that you've worked you've also mentioned that you've come across these types of people you know what what kind of um i guess what kind of stories have you heard
4: I think a lot of the things that I've found is people naturally have a stereotype that they're going to have a background of drug abuse or alcohol abuse and that's the reason they've got to that. A lot of the people that I've come across have had family issues or domestic violence and they've tried mm. to flee from it and it's got them to a situation where they've lost their job, they've lost their home because of losing their job and I think one of one of the things is like a, we had a war veteran guy yeah. who lost his limbs and because of that he could no longer... Work and from that he couldn't pay for anything, and sometimes people don't necessarily even want to take. Yeah. Sometimes people don't necessarily want to take the benefits, or they aren't aware of the benefits that are there, which gets them further, like deeper into this situation, and then it starts affecting the mental health in that way. Yeah. And it, they feel they get into this vicious circle and they can't get out of it.
0: It's like a downward spiral almost. Yeah. It? I think mental health does play a lot in this. It's like you said, like this cycle, this process where it's like. One day you've got a job, you've got you know a house, you've got a wife, you've got kids, you've got you've got the works, isn't it? Like you know what we see as yeah. everyday life, you've got all of that, and then all of a sudden, bam!
4: You lose your confidence, you lose your self esteem, which gets you into depression, and before you know it, yeah. there's very little control that you do have. And when you when you do have that control, but sometimes by that time you've lost everything.
0: Yeah, no, I, I definitely see it, man. And I think speaking to these people, fleet, um, I think you could see that, man. Yeah. I mean, the, the second fellow that we spoke to, he obviously mentioned that, um, you know, I think this was off the record. Um, we didn't actually record him saying this, but he did mention that he's actually got a girlfriend who lives out in town and stuff, but he chooses not to stay with her as to not pose his problems onto her. Yeah. And that, that would kind of hit deep for me, man. I was kind of like, you know what? If I was with someone and if I was in that position, I would expect that person to... You know that Nah bruv <laughs> You're staying, staying with me I don't care me. Do you exactly. know what I mean yeah. Yeah. But it's like Obviously he was in that position man And Yeah that, was, that one was a bit mm,
2: Yeah And the word he used uh, If I quote Resilient It was um, yeah. his He was used that his, yeah. he, he used that quite frequently It was almost like He didn't want to impose Any of his problems On anybody That he was close to Yeah And um, he, he touched on Something that struck me That he said that You know he's He's really proud You know he's got Beautiful daughter yeah. And um when he was talking about his daughter and, you know, we were speaking about the light at the end of the tunnel, it just made me think, you know, he's really trying to look at things in a positive way. Yeah. And even from the first first gent that we met, you know, he was it was like he's had ups and downs but mm-hmm. he's really trying to get himself back up and just, just the both of them it's just there's they they're considerate about things where which we take for granted, you know. Yeah. And um yeah, today was today was special MP, I won't lie. You know, um, personally being there, it's just like I feel like I'm gonna
0: take a lot back, man. Yeah, for real, man.
4: I think they show they see life in a different perspective to what we see as because they've yeah. been through hell and back.
0: They've seen both sides of the yeah. coin, in it. Yeah, like they've seen the life that we live today, and for them, it's just been flipped on its head. Yeah, and you know they're doing everything. Everything that, you know, we, we don't really do, do you know what I mean? See, the
2: both of them, when they spoke, so one thing that you mentioned, Johnny, was just about, you know, their lives sort of deteriorating one, one step at a time in terms of things that happened from losing a job, etc. These, both of them, they said that, you know, they had some sort of mild or major drug abuse at one point in their life, which they stopped, and it was almost like you see a lot of people... Um, I don't know you'd be able to tell me better but drug drug abuse is something that some of the mental health patients take on um because they don't know how to cope with their problems and it's sort of um, strategy. Yeah. yeah and ultimately this is how they sort of um end up on, on on the streets as well you know i think
4: sometimes it because of obviously they they start coping they start coping with the drugs but then in turn, it gets them onto the streets. But then being on the streets, they're exposed to more drugs. So mm. if you're trying to better yourself and get yourself back up, being on the streets and not having that support, in turn, you'll, again, go to the drugs, which makes mm. it harder for you to get up.
0: I think, you know, what kind of struck me, and obviously we're talking about drugs and drink, is that the second gentleman we spoke to, um, he mentioned that he was on like, hard drugs for about 10 years, isn't it? And only up until last year, he was drinking five bottles of wine a day. Six, five, five, six five, five or six bottles of wine Crazy. a day, fam. Yeah. A day. Do you know what I mean? This guy must have been off his rockers differently. <laughs> and he goes that like, he's just stopped altogether, and he's trying to get back up onto his feet. And you know what? Fair play to, fair play to him. i I'm, I'm, I was genuinely, yeah. genuinely so pleased to hear that, man, because yeah. yeah. it's like, I think you know, I, and I mentioned to both of them that the general stereotype. And I've said this before, and I've said it and I'll repeat it again, is that the general stereotype is that you give homeless people money, they're gonna spend it on drugs and drink. And I think what kind of struck me more than anything is that these guys didn't want money, they just wanted to eat. eat yeah. you know? They just wanted to eat, bruv. Yeah. And it's that like the moment we said food, they were like, Yeah, yeah, please, yeah, bruv, yeah, please, yeah. man, please. Yeah. And I mean both of them, both of yeah. them said that we've not eaten today. Yeah, I have yeah. not eaten today. And because when I heard dumb words, the only thing I could think of was that if I was in that position, I mean, look, yeah, we all work and we've had them stressful days as that, like, you know, we don't get a chance to actually sit down and have lunch or whatever, yeah? Yeah. But we clock out of work. We come home, whether it's literally the moment we're walking through the door or an hour or two later, we're snacking, you know, we've got water on tap. Literally, do you know what I mean? <laughs> we've got water coming out of our taps. We can grab a glass of water when we want. We can go into our store cupboard, grab some food when we want, and we'll have a proper meal at the end of the day, you know, a hot dinner or whatever, yeah? For these guys, they don't have that option anymore. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like, for these guys, just someone offering them hot food was like, honestly like, honestly speaking, for my listeners out there, I can't put this into words unless you've experienced it yourself, but the way their eyes, their eyes lit up, it kind of hits a nerve, and it just makes you think, "Wow, I, I wish I genuinely wish there was so much more I could do for you right yeah. now." It's exactly why I felt like, on a level, on a level, mm. the, to, today was genuinely quite an emotional one because I personally have only ever um, been in the sort of same environment as homeless people once in my life, where I was helping um, a charity who runs in Leicester Called help the homeless. Shout out to Help the Homeless. I think you guys do a wicked job. Um, for, for those listeners who don't know who they are, they're a charity in Leicester who actually, um, help to feed and sort of, uh, house homeless people or people on that sort of bread line, that poverty line. And, um, they, they do it on a weekly basis. They do like hot dinners and sandwiches and clothing and everything at, in a Leicester market in uh, city center. So shout out to help the homeless. And it's that I said, the, the one time that I sort of worked with them and, the amount of homeless people, like people struggling, sleeping rough, and what have you, that actually turned up on that day. I think since then, this has just been something that's been on my mind, isn't it? Because like the the conversations you have in that capacity to actually taking time out to speak to them individually when they're not surrounded by loads of people is two mm. different things. I think at the time they feel very sort of anxious and nervous to sort of like open up. I don't know if you found that in your line of work, Channy, that when you spoke to people individually and took them aside.
4: I think it's building that rapport and getting them to trust you as well. Because I think a lot of the times, being on the streets, they probably feel everyone's after them. No one's going to believe what they're going to say. People are watching them. I think they just got to be careful with what they say around people. And with the stereotype thing that you said, they Hmm. probably just think that... Well, you're just gonna think of me as every other person true. does. True. So they don't really open up that easy until you give them that chance, that moment, and time. Take your time out. Like you said, that person was so welcoming. He probably just appreciated the fact that someone's taken the time out to listen to his story. You don't probably get that a lot.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, it's true, man. I think um, the first, the first fellow who we spoke to, um, he actually mentioned that. It was nice for us to go and speak to him Because not a lot of people actually stop Just to have a conversation And sometimes that's all it takes man Just a conversation It's like how many times have you felt Down and feel like shit And you know a bit depressed So to speak And you know And all you want is for someone just to ask you How your day was Like my missus does it to me Every single day It's like when I'm feeling When she can see that I've had a long day And I just can't be asked for nothing Sometimes all it takes is just for her to turn around And go Baby is everything alright Alright and I'm just like, oh, you know what? Yeah, man, it's just been a shit day. And she's like, and, you know, she gives me a little cuddle yeah. and all that and does all that cute stuff. And mm-hmm. I'm just like, you know what? It helps, though, isn't It, it helps, makes yeah. me feel like a million yeah. times better. And I'm just like, sometimes, I think this is what like, these, these uh, people are looking for. Just someone to speak to. Someone just to open up to.
4: I think it's also having that. Like, when obviously, when she asks you how you're doing, you feel like you mutter. a lot of these people probably feel invisible that they don't matter like whatever they do it doesn't make any impact on anyone Mm -hmm. and they just think well what difference is going to make whatever I do, what's the point turning my life around what's the point doing this if no one's going to appreciate it they've probably not got any family support some of them and that's again one of the reasons some of them might turn to drugs and alcohol because they don't see the point of it Sure,
2: it's like the genuine ones when they are on the corners and you know and people walk past in town especially hundreds of people walk past and nobody bats an eyelid and looks towards them they, that must be extremely yeah. de- demoralizing to some to, in, in some respect
4: especially when you've lived with everything before you've had a house you've had a sh- yeah. you've had clothes yeah. you've had food and then losing everything
0: just gets taken away man exactly
4: yeah. and like you said it's we're all through paychecks away from that
0: yeah yeah, yeah. i know
4: someone that was doing a degree and she ended up in one of the centers and again even the center wasn't the nicest she was getting stuff stolen by other people from that center Mm. and she got to the point where she was so suicidal because she didn't know how to cope it wasn't what she had ever dealt with
0: yeah yeah
4: and watching people eat in front of you not being able to get any food not being able to pay the center the rent yeah it's it all takes its toll and that's when I guess you just need to try and seek out that support but some people don't know how to get that support
0: and I guess that's sort of like the poverty line that I was speaking of where it's like you've got that sort of shelter there you've got that accommodation but it's like you need to pay these people when you've got no money to your name how are you supposed to pay these people and how are you you know it's like you were telling me earlier and this kind of like I'm not going to lie, it pissed me off and it got me vexed. Because these organisations who are running these places, fair play to them, they're running these places, they're giving people, you know, a roof over their head to keep them warm and what have you, right? But at the same time, it's kind of like, you're doing all of this, but then you're taking away the sort of, what I feel is like, the sort of bare necessities, isn't it? Yeah. Where it's like, you need to eat and drink to survive, more so than I would say you need a roof over your head. Yeah. Do you get what I'm trying to say? And it's like... Chandler, you were saying to me earlier that it's as little as, what, 12 quid? Yeah, 12 12
4: to 13 pounds probably
0: a week. Oh, a week. Not even a day. That's a week, right? For us, you know, for the majority of people, it's kind of just that, right, it's 10 quid. Do you know what I mean? For these people, that 10 quid is a massive, massive difference. And honestly, it got me so, so pissed off that the people who are providing these accommodations for the sake of of sort of 10, 12 pounds a week, they're not letting others eat. And these people who can't eat have to watch other people who can afford it just sit there and eat. Do you get what I'm trying to say?
2: And throw the food away if they can't pay.
4: That was really that, heartbreaking. Uh, that,
2: that, that's heartbreaking. That's yeah. the
0: one, yeah.
4: It was really heartbreaking, especially seeing the impact it had on her to the point where we were taking out food parcels for her to make sure she had food. But there was the other side where things were getting stolen from her about other people in the centre. Yeah. So it was just
0: yeah. It's it's I know it's a difficult thing to speak about, do you know what I mean? Obviously, you've worked in that capacity and um I can only imagine the amount of people that you spoke to. I mean, me and me and Flea only went and spoke to a few people. Yeah. And we feel like this, do you know what I mean? So shout out to all the people working in that sector, in that area, who are, you know, chatting to the homeless people to the people who are on that poverty line, and you know, listening and to what they're going through, and just hearing them out and trying to help them and give them a guiding hand. I know it can have a effect on your own mental health. I'm sure, chandy like a few times you've said that, "Oh, my, I can't, I can't do this no more." Do you know what I mean? This job's too mad and red-haired hair. Tear, tear, but you know what? You held it down, and yeah, yeah. fair play, man. Um, so I think I, I want to speak to you, chandy just a little bit more about this poverty line this sort of bread line do you know what I mean it's for those who are not quite homeless and would you say they're sort of living paycheck to paycheck
4: yeah there's some people who are struggling to even pay their rent right so if they're living they, they still get universal credit and things like that mm-hmm. um, they get support they do get benefits but sometimes the benefits don't cover all the costs yeah. they can just about cover accommodation and what do you do for food yeah some people can go to work um, other people physically can't right and I think that's that's also one of those tricky situations because it's also trying to figure out, okay, if you can go to work, are you actively looking? Yeah. Um, because some people are, some people aren't. And I think it's also differentiating between the two of them. Yeah, yeah, um, There's people that I've seen that have just been released from, say, so mental health hospital and we've had to put them in a BNB because they're still waiting for a place because if they don't get a place in one of these centres or anything like that, they will end up on the streets again. Yeah. Or they're waiting for an accommodation, like council accommodation to be given, but they've got massive waiting lists for it. Yeah. And there's only so much, like hospitals can fork out for BNBs.
0: So a question to you then is that obviously we talk a lot about people sort of working and being on this waiting list and stuff like that. And generally speaking, people think of adults, but... What about the children? Surely there's a lot of children on this poverty line as well that, you know, are, are struggling, so to speak. How, how do you manage to help them and what sort of guidance is there in place for, for the youngest?
4: So, to be perfectly honest with you, I haven't worked with children itself, right. but I've worked with families with children or I've worked with 18-year-olds plus, basically. Right, okay. Um, with families with children, you see them trying to keep their kids first, and trying to obviously... Give their kids whatever they can yeah. yeah, but that's more of a struggle because say there's four of them in the house how are you you've got one bed flat maybe and you haven't got a penny to your name or you've got probably 500 pound coming in a month yeah we used to we would struggle with 500 pound a month just paying bills
0: yeah no, now true
4: feeding kids and giving them what they need that's where it gets hard especially if they're at the age where they need to go to nursery oh, or man. things like that how are you supposed to give them that
0: yeah trust me
4: and with with like 18 year old plus we've seen a lot of this is where the drug support comes in we've seen a lot of them have like drug induced psychosis because of probably things that they've really they've gone to drugs maybe because of peer pressure family dynamics whatever it may be yeah but they've gone to that they've had a drug induced psychosis and through that process they've lost everything Yeah. Yeah. again they've gone they've been. found them an apartment or on any accommodation through the council they've got that but then they haven't got they've fine. that's great you've got You've got out of hospital, you've got to the accommodation, but now what? You haven't got a job. Yeah. You haven't got any food to start off with. This is where food banks and Things like that come in. There's plenty of food banks Food banks around Leicester. Yeah. Um, they have certain opening times. Like I think there's one in Highfields that opens between 10 and 12 on certain days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there are places like that, provided you can get to these places. Yeah. I've had people that live in Belgrave that haven't got a food bank near them and they can't afford a bus. Yeah. How are they supposed to get to one in Highfields?
0: Yeah, of course, man. Of course. So
4: it is quite difficult still, even with these places around.
0: Yeah.
4: Because you might not be able to get to it.
0: No, man, I totally agree. So um, I think my last question to both of you and to myself partly as well is that you know God forbid but what if one day we was to end up in a situation as such you know we've, there was a lot of advice given to the people that we spoke to from the listeners but what would you do in this situation what advice would you give yourself do you know what I mean? I'm gonna go first, it <laughs> it's got real quiet in here. <laughs>
4: That's a hard one. I think it's a think bit it, of a tough question. It is, hard it hard is. It's hard to put yeah. yourself in that situation unless you've experienced some sort of it, I guess. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
2: But
4: I think there are organisations that can help you. Obviously they're limited. Yeah. So I'll probably look into that, research into that. There's if it's to do with drugs and alcohol, you've got places like Turning Point which can help you get through it if you're trying to get yourself up. Yeah, yeah. Um the other thing I would say is voluntary work getting yourself into voluntary work, taking more time off the street, so you're not getting, like, swept into all of this stuff that goes on. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know, I guess it gives you a boost as well. It makes you feel like you're worthy and you can do something with your life, that you don't have to just stay in that situation.
0: Yeah, for real. Flea? Yeah, I
2: think I'm, I'm along the same lines as Channy there, to be honest. I think it's just about keeping my morale high, um... You know, the situation for for some of these homeless people is that they're lonely. If I was lonely, I'd just try to keep myself occupied yeah. and not overthink. I think that's one of the key things because that's what led to sort of the depression, the drugs, the the, um, the sort of a, the domino effect of downfall. I tried to keep myself afloat, you know, think about things that I can do around me, even if it's like the, the voluntary work, helping cleaning, helping people do things, and then eventually try find my feet in that respect. And with money, people would probably give me and stuff like that if I was in that position. Buy a suit. Buy a suit. Buy a suit. <laughs> buy a suit. You know. Right. One of the that you want. Just, just feel, <laughs> feel good to, and show that I'm, I'm
4: trying
0: yeah. to get myself back up. Back you know, up. Just yeah,
2: to
4: definitely. show,
0: like, from, from a presentation perspective, you know. Yeah. I
4: think image is a big one, isn't it?
0: Yeah, yeah definitely agreement. And I think just off the back of what, exactly <clears throat> what you two said, man. I think mental, your mental state of mind. I think just the way you approach things. Um, you've got to have that positive attitude, man. Like, like, yeah, everything's in the gutter right now, but I'm going to make myself better. Do you know what I mean? And I think, just in general, I think we kind of go through it on a daily where it's like, you, you always want to bet yourself. Oh, I'm looking at that next promotion. I'm looking at, you know, doing this for my life. I'm looking at doing that for my life. That yeah, I think if, if I was to ever end up in that position, I think I would fill my boots the same way that I'm doing that in the sense of, keeping that positivity and just keep going and trying to work towards something because I think that plays a key key part in sort of turning your life back around Mm
2: -hmm.
4: to setting yourself
0: some (laughs) goals yeah definitely man right it's definitely been an emotional episode it's been um, been quite quite a tough one to speak about yeah and um, Uh, you wanted to mention something I did
2: yeah so so I just wanted to it just explain something about today to all my listeners so this is the first time I've ever been out and actually spoke to a homeless person like I do a lot of sort of charity work and I try do my piece online but I would definitely encourage some of or all of you to try have this experience once in your life it will give you a different sort of um look on the way things are in in, in person and the way you feel about it, once you've actually spoke to these people, um, it would change. And maybe if all of us went through this particular change, uh, we'd see the the people on the streets wouldn't feel that we don't bat an eyelid when we walk past them and we want to help them more. Um, this is just sort of a, a personal opinion. Um, I I really do think it's sort of... um been a bit of a game changer doing what we did today
0: yeah definitely man well Fuzel, well, thank you for coming out of with me obviously um it was a bit last minute so do appreciate that <laughs> sure. I, I, you That'd know for it. my for my listeners out there i just kept him completely out of the loop with this one he didn't have a clue i just goes, Flea, i need your help with my next episode you're coming with me he just went all right cool man what we're we doing i goes just chill i'll take you with me in <laughs> <laughs> and when i took him out and he goes "Bro, what are we doing in town and i goes right we're going to chat to homeless people he, he was like I'm sorry, what? <laughs> <laughs> but honestly, it's, uh, legit, thank you for that. And Chani, you as well, man, I know you were quite hesitant to come on and, you know, you had a whole bunch of reasons. Oh, I don't like my voice. <laughs> but, <laughs> but no, honestly, thank you. I mean, obviously, um, we, we need to get you back on to speak about this in a broader sense because obviously time's quite limited right now, but very much appreciate your input. Obviously, you know, your expertise is very much valued. Um, if anyone who is listening to this does want to help any homeless people out there if you're in leicester there are loads of charities as mentioned help the homeless you've got the salvation army you've got the few that Chandy mentioned as well there's food banks out there that you can you know take these people to and um for my wider listeners obviously you know you've got the internet to do your research and find out what's local to you and how you can help within your own communities um Let me know what you guys thought of this episode. This one was a bit of a different one for me because I actually put myself in a position that I'm not often in. I put Fuzo in a position that he wasn't even prepared for. You know (laughs) what I'm saying? So yeah, let me know what you thought. Hit me up on that Instagram. Once again, um, that's at mp.realtalk. Thank you very much for listening, everyone. And as usual, stay blessed.